Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you along with Rick Sterling. We'll take calls next hour with Rick. Rick, we had a 50-year head start on China. 50-year head start at least. How did they come flying in so fast? Well, they've got a government to supporting it 100%. They're pumping huge amounts of money into it. It's it's a, it's a totalitarian state, so they don't get any criticisms from anybody. Uh, they've got, you know, they're training uh, uh, students uh, in the sciences and math and physics and chemistry on an incredible rate. They understand the importance of science to their national economy, to space exploration, and to their national defense and and the pursuit of their own national interests. So uh, we, you know, in some ways, we ought to take a, a clue from them. You know, uh, we've got uh, an educational system in this country that's largely collapsed in many ways. Uh, the president has mentioned this many times, and he's also mentioned the important effect that Project Artemis, the president's plan to send astronauts back to the moon and to Mars, and the Space Force also, because it would protect all those space assets. The incredible positive effect that it will have on the education of students, uh, it will give them a tremendous motivation to want to go into the space field, into the sciences, and study it. If they know they can become involved with a project that's going to send astronauts to the moon and Mars, it'll be, you know, you'll have tremendous amounts of American students going into into the sciences. Look what happened after President Kennedy started the Apollo program. You had tremendous amounts of students that went into the sciences and physics and chemistry and math, whatever. The same thing is going to happen. You know, I, 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 I think President Trump should be commended for the excellent job he's done in creating both Project Artemis and the Space Force. But I want to get back to, to one other thing I was talking about sure. with the Chinese, because I think it's very important. I want to go back to that article from on Time.com where I talked about the Russian satellite getting close to our uh, reconnaissance satellites, and I'm going to continue with a couple more sentences. And it says it wasn't clear whether the Cosmos satellites were threatening or surveilling the KH-11, which is our big reconnaissance satellite, which is said to have the resolving power of the Hubble Space Telescope. But it turned out that that was only the start of the twin surprises. After the U.S. expressed concern to Moscow after diplomatic channels early this year, the pair pulled away from the KH-11 and whizzed around the Earth at more than 17,000 miles per hour. Then on July 15th, with the U.S. analysts still tracking them, the birth Russian satellite, Cosmos 2543, fired a projectile into outer space. General John J. Raymond, the top general of the newly created U.S. Space Force, told Time. It was the first time that the U.S. military has publicly alleged an instance of space-based anti-satellite weapons tests, a troubling new development in the emerging theater of orbital welfare. To Raymond and supporters of the Space Force, which is the first new branch of the U.S. military in 72 years, Moscow's nesting doll satellites, as the military has labeled the Cosmos triplets, represent a threat not just to one really expensive piece of American spy hardware, but to the basic functioning of modern America itself. I want to put a comment about General uh, General Raymond. General Raymond, undeniably, is one of the finest military officers in American history. So I was thinking a few days ago, how what other uh, American military leader I would compare him to, and I was thought for a while, I said, I think the person he most reminds me of is General Omar Bradley. General Omar mm-hmm. Bradley was the commander of U.S. forces uh, at the Normandy invasion on D-Day. He was an excellent uh, uh, he, o- he oversaw Patton, didn't he? 
Pardon me? He oversaw Patton, didn't he? Yeah, he was over Patton. Uh, Patton technically was under him. Uh, I mean, Omar, um, Omar Bradley was technically under Patton in Sicily, but uh, 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 Bradley was the commander, was chosen by Eisenhower to be the commander of the uh, of the uh, leader of the forces going into Normandy. Uh, Omar Bradley was an excellent uh, military strategist, very, very uh, highly intelligent, uh, excellent leadership abilities, you know, uh, just ability to motivate men to get the job done. He was a very goal-oriented person. And I think General Raymond has the same characteristics. I consider him to be, one, as I said before, one of the finest military experts in American history. Well, that's, a, that's pretty big, coming from you too, Rick. But not a lot of people know about this guy. Now, a lot of people don't even know about the Space Force. The Space Force is absolutely necessary, not only to protect all our military satellites and civilian satellites as far as that goes, some of the GPS satellites, uh, you know, military uh, reconnaissance satellites, military communication satellites, military navigation. I mean, everything satellite now. Everything. Yeah, everything. Every transaction we do, from credit cards to everything else, is all done through satellites now. So our whole economic posture in the in uh, in the United States and all over the world is tied into satellites. Um, you know, there's there's some discussion now. We need a, a version of the, or the Space Force, not some discussion. It's, it's absolutely necessary that the Space Force continue on toward the moon. We may have to protect uh, astronauts on the lunar gateway. We may have to protect our assets on the lunar surface. We just, You know, those are all very important things. And you've got Russia and China now building a base at the South Pole, which is the same location we want to build. But even more interesting enough, they're building a base at the South Pole, which is at the same general area area where these structures are, the Parcellus Sea structures. Now, I don't know whether that's a coincidence or not, but I do know one thing. If these structures are artifacts, and I think it's very, very likely, you know, 95% or better that they are, we don't know what advanced technology might be in these things. You know, it could be advanced energy production, communication systems, who knows what. Weaponry, who knows, right? Yeah, what would happen if we gave up Project Artemis, gave up the Space Force, the Chinese and the Russians build a base, they go over to this structure, they get access to technology that could be 200, several hundred or several thousand years ahead of our present technology. Or millions. You realize what that would create? Yeah. It would be a scientific catastrophe and a military catastrophe of un- unbelievable proportions. I think that's why President Trump uh, is very correct. I don't know what pr- what the president knows about Parcellus or not. I haven't got the faintest idea. But I do know he's absolutely correct that we have to protect ourselves from possible adversaries like Russia and China because, you know, who knows what, what would happen. Just with our normal technology, we could uh, run into a major problem. But imagine what would happen if they got access to technology that's hundreds or thousands of years ahead of us. That's why we have to get there before them, build a base, and send, uh, maybe even send an unmanned probe before that to find out what this thing is. Because if there is technology in there that's hundreds or thousands of years ahead of us, we have to get there before the Russians and the Chinese. And the president is exactly correct that we have to protect our own uh, country and our own assets, at, uh, you know, whether they be on the ground or on in space. Would you shake hands with the Chinese and the Russians and do this uh, as a triplicate of three? Well, my view of it is this. You know, we can't go into this situation, uh, 
you know, in a very naive fashion and believe that the Russians and the Chinese, which are basically totalitarian states, if we're going to go into a negotiations with them, and I'm not against that, if we're going to go into a negotiations with the Russians and Chinese, one, like General Raymond says, we have to do it from a position of strength. That's what President Reagan believed. That's what President Trump believes. And I think if we do that, that's why the having Artemis, you know, fully funded. I hope the Congress does fund it and fully funded because the House hasn't. But I hope you know, when it gets to a conference committee, uh, it'll get a lot more funding. But I, I think that uh, yes, we can we can negotiate with the Russians. After all, we had them on the space station. We worked out an agreement with them. But if we're going to negotiate with the Russians and Chinese, and I agree that we should negotiate with them, you have to go into those negotiations from a position of strength, mm-hmm. and you have to put your cards on the table, and you have to say this is what we want. We understand that you have your own national interests. You don't even have to say they're totalitarian states. Everybody knows that. But we have to be very precise and upboard and say, this is what we want, this is how we want to do it, and then we'll start the negotiations. But, you know, we have to be careful, because they are interested in their own self-interest, their own national self-interest. They're very uh, ruthless governments, but at the same time, we can negotiate with them. Well, you go back to the Cuban Missile Crisis. When President Kennedy negotiated with Mr. Khrushchev in the Cuban Missile Crisis, he had an enormous military advantage. He had you know, hundreds and hundreds of ICBMs, uh, over a thousand uh, B-52s and B-47 bombers. The Russians had something like a hundred bombers in their arsenal. And we had missiles in Turkey. Yeah, we had missiles in Turkey. Those were lower, not as not like ICBMs, but uh, we had an we had Polaris submarines. We had something like thirty-two missiles in Polaris submarines, but and we had a thousand-ship navy. We had a massive uh, conventional and nuclear superior over the Russians. That's one of the reasons they backed down because they couldn't deal with uh, our strength. So President President Kennedy knew that. He knew it was important to negotiate with the Russians from a position of strength. Is what I'm trying to get. Had Khrushchev not backed down, we were on the brink of war. Well, we would have had a war. There would have been a nuclear war. And what's interesting about the Cuban Missile Crisis is that President Kennedy was exactly correct not to send an invasion force. What even President Kennedy, the CIA, or anybody in the American government didn't know at the time was in addition to these large uh, inter-range ballistic missiles, which is something that could hit Washington, Boston, or whatever, uh, the Russians had placed uh, smaller tactical nuclear war uh, weapons on uh, cruise missiles and other uh, what they called uh, lunar rockets, what we called frogs. And there were uh, something like 80 or 100 of those uh, those bombs. So that And the Russian uh, cont- uh, contingent in Cuba uh, had been given independent authority to launch them if we launched an invasion. So if, they, if, if we launched an invasion, one of those, several of those bombs would have probably been used against our invasion force. Over 100,000 Americans would be killed. There's no president. President Kennedy would then been forced to retaliate. Mm-hmm. Once we retaliate against Cuba, I doubt it would have stopped then. Then you get into a, a problem in Europe, and at that point you're into a global nuclear war. So well, he I don't know how had... President Kennedy knew what to did, but he did exactly the right thing at the right time. He negotiated from a position of strength, and he used almost an intuitive insight to realize that we can't go in there in an invasion force. Well, they had that fiasco with the Bay of Pigs before he even uh, really got going. Yes, he did, and uh, I think that uh, that that made him very concerned about the situation in Cuba. Absolutely right. Well, uh, i got to tell you, Rick, the history that goes way back, I mean, 50, 60 years ago, is still cropping up today, isn't it? It still affects us. And 
this still affects us. And, uh, you know, what is that old saying? If we don't learn from the past, we can't build a better future. That's why history, study of history is so important. All this talk about tearing down statues of Columbus and President Lincoln and Frederick, du- Frederick Douglass and all the other important uh, people in our, our, our history, it's crazy. If we don't learn from the past, we can't build a better future. I think history ought to be the, one of the first things that every student should learn in America. Not only American history, but world history. It's absolutely imperative. Rick Sterling with us. We're going to take calls with Rick next hour as we're talking about all things space. Let's get back to these artifacts that could be on the moon. In your opinion, what could they be? I think there's some sort of mining operation, but of course we won't really know until we get there. I mean, you know, it, it looks like the area has been excavated, it's been mined. Might they be ours from a past civilization? That ha- I've, I've thought about that, the old Atlantis theory. Yeah. I, I believe there was a previous civilization, but I'm not sure that that's what we're dealing with this. Okay. I think it's more, if I had to put the, the odds, I'd say it's 95% ET, 5% uh, some earlier Earth civilization. Wait, we what? don't know how far that civilization got, by the way. Uh, it may have developed uh, advanced technology. It may not have. We're just, we're just not sure. But uh, but this thing has, it just looks E.T. I think it's more likely E.T. What is on the moon that would be so worthwhile for mining? Oh, that's a good question. Well, there's water, for one thing. There's various types of rare minerals, rare earths and things like that. We don't know exactly what they were interested in. Uh, you know, we don't, mm-hmm. Here's another thing. Is it mining, or were, were there huge uh, construction? Uh, you know, was it like a lava tube situation where they built huge structures or uh, bases underground? We don't know if that was. And they still may be the there, fun- functioning. Both? Pardon me. They could be there functioning now, underground bases. Underground bases could be functioning now. I, I doubt that's true, but then again, we won't know for sure until we get there. So you know, this thing is artificial, George. Just there's no question in my mind this thing's artificial, hundred percent. Well, the that's, moment, that's, that's uh, the dramatic. Uh, sends an expedition there, we'll get a lot more data. I think we, you know, you could justify it on just saying it's a lava tube. It doesn't really look exactly like some of the lava tubes I've seen with sort of a skylight, a hole in it. It looks like an artificial construction, and then both of them right there together. Dr. Collado mentions in his paper, there's never been anything like this ever seen on the moon before. That right there suggests strongly that it's artificial. Yeah, that's huge. How easy is it to take out satellites and not know who's taking them out? Well, that's a good question. We track everything. I think if somebody takes it out, we'll pretty much know who was doing it. You know, we track it. Once the Russians launch a satellite, we know it's a Russian. We know it's there. We, we know where it's launched. They mentioned Plastec. Plastec is what's called the Northern Cosmodrome. It's where they launch a lot of their military satellites. Um, we know exactly what what is launched, when it's launched. We pretty much know uh, you know where it's going and everything else, or at least have some idea from the trajectory. So we, our government, monitors all these Russian launches in a very precise manner. We have you know some of the best technical experts in the world monitoring Russian space activities and Chinese space activities. We pretty much know what they're doing at any given time. There are two thousand six hundred and sixty six satellites, they say, orbiting the planet right now. That's possible. I mean, we've sent a lot up since Sputnik 1, you know, so it's it's very likely. And Why don't, don't they collide? Those are operational at this point. Why don't they collide with each other? Sometimes they do. Sometimes, occasionally, a satellite will collide with another one. Uh, there's a lot of space in between them, and they're in different orbits and everything. So, But occasionally, you'll have a collision. That's why we need what's called space situational awareness, which is one of the functions of the Space Force. Where are all these things? We don't want to have collisions. Are we tracking all of them? 
Well, you're, yeah, you're damn right. We're tracking every damn thing. Everything is being tracked. And I would assume if we were launching, let's say, to the moon with the, with the astronauts, we would have to track satellites to make sure we don't collide with them. Yeah, if, if we start to get into a situation where we have a lot of infrastructure in orbit around the moon on the way to the moon, we're going to have to know exactly where they are. We're probably going to need advanced uh, navigational systems uh, to get them there, to, to allow them to know exactly where they are in orbit, to sort of a lunar GPS. Um, yeah, we'll probably need, you know, it's like I say, space situation, situational awareness. We're going to have to know where all these things are so there's no collisions. Again, that's a space force function. That's one of their functions, to know exactly where this is so that there isn't a collision, and also not exactly whether a Russian satellite's here. You know, if they put a laser on it, could they blast the lunar gateway or something? I doubt that they would risk that, but then again, you never know. Uh, so that's one of the things with the, that's why the space force has to be looking at all possibilities. You know, they have to con- look at all contingencies. And, uh, uh, you know, like this, these Russian satellites that came near some of our uh, uh, reconnaissance vehicles, reconnaissance satellites, uh, they're getting, you know, they've also, the Russians and Chinese have also have ground-based anti-missile, anti-satellite missile systems that they've actually used to destroy satellites, not sorry, ours, but test satellites in orbit. So there's a lot of uh, weapon systems being developed by Russia and China that we have to be careful with. We're developing our own to counter them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, you know, like I say, if we want to go into a negotiation with the Russians, you can't go in with a naive view that, uh, you know, that they're the good guys and they're going to just do it because they like us. No, they're going to do it if it's in their own self-interest. That's the nature of negotiations. So you have to be tough. You have to be prepared. You have to be in a position of strength. But at the same time, like President Kennedy realized and President Trump realized, you have to negotiate. You have to. You have to negotiate with them. Where does India stand with some of this? India has developed a lot of systems. You they know. sure have. They put space vehicles. Uh, you know, they've had a couple uh, probes that they've sent in orbit around uh, the moon. They're planning a, a lunar sample return. I don't know if I'm pr- pronouncing a Shangran as it's a word in Sanskrit. Um, this, the number three version of it is going to return samples back from the moon. So they're they're getting pretty good. They're also they also have de- are de- in uh, developing their own manned spaceflight capabilities. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at one a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.